it will be necessary to let this work of art play a few times in a row, just so you can appreciate exactly what you're witnessing. I like my coffee dark. I like my coffee dark. I like my coffee dark. I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I like my coffee dark. Do, do you want to know what is on uh, the list of the top 10 things I don't want to hear? It's Joe Biden doing ASMR, gulping down whatever. Listen to the gurgle in the throat. Listen to this. Wait. I like my coffee dark. I like my coffee dark. What the hell is going on? I thought that was a joke. I thought that was satire. I thought it was a deep fake AI. Posted on Joe Biden's own Twitter feed or POTUS. I forget if it was POTUS or Joe Biden. I like my coffee dark because it's the dark Brandon meme. Because the presidency of what was maybe still is the most powerful nation on earth. A beacon of light in a world of tyranny. The the greatest experiment in democracy or democratic republics, we'll get into that today, has been reduced to a meme of a joke of a leader so corrupt, everybody on earth knows it. And the only way to distract from it is to go full throttle, destroy your political adversaries, persecute them for crimes and allegations, alleged crimes that you yourself have committed. I like my coffee coffee dark oh that's hey you know what else hey joe forgot to show this yesterday i got this in the mail flush the turd joe you've become a meme of a joke and in so doing have reduced the highest office in the land to a meme of a joke i'm not even gonna let trudeau block the face of my beautiful dog uh we've got one heck of a show today for those of you who don't know garrett ziegler marco polo I had listened to Garrett Ziegler. I didn't actually put the name and Marco Polo together until recently when I'm doing my due diligence um, on the guest. You may have heard him on such uh, Twitter spaces as anything pertaining to the Biden crime, what is being referred to colloquially as the Biden crime syndicate. Holy crab apples. He produced the book, the memoir, the, 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 the dossier, the full analysis of the Hunter Biden laptop from hell and all the correlative uh, corruption. We're going to go over it today, but just, you know, welcome everyone into the show. Just, uh, just some classic highlights, people, classic highlights from the interweb, because we know when they, when they persecute someone so hard, Trump, endless. And I've never realized Trump is the biggest criminal America's ever seen. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, not so much. Everyone is equal under the law. No one is above the law. Nancy Pelosi. Listen to Eric Swalwell. Listen to what he has to say. Congressman, what would a second Trump term in the White House mean for the rule of law in our country? Uh, what would a second Trump term mean? The uh, other way of explaining that statement, what would it mean if Trump is reelected? What would it mean for the rule of law? It would be the end of democracy. Trump being reelected would be the end of democracy. So we have to do everything we can to make sure that Trump cannot get democratically reelected in order to preserve democracy. Swalwell and Zelensky might have a little more in common than they actually He know. tried once to overthrow an election uh, that he lost. Confession through projection. It would. Confession through. Remember that three and a half years of Russiagate bullcrap? The wolf, the end of our democracy. If Donald. 
It would be the end Trump of our democracy. Trump was able to get back into office. Congressman, what would a second... It would be the end of our democracy if Trump were to be able to get back into office through the elective of the election process, the Democrat process. All right, I see my guest is in the back. I'm going to give him a few more seconds to set up. Uh, the ground rules for the day, for those of you who are new to the channel, where have you been? Um, we start off live on YouTube and Rumble, and then we go over exclusively to Rumble, because Rumble is the free speech platform with which I have exclusivity. We are also simultaneously, let me make sure we're still good, they're streaming on Locals, vivabarneslaw.locals.com, where Robert Barnes and my I, Robert Barnes and I, have an amazingly wonderful community. Are we good here? Everyone is above average at our vivabarneslaw.locals.com community. You get amazing information there. There's a ton of stuff that's available for everybody supporting and non-supporting members alike. If you so choose to support, seven bucks a month, 70 bucks a year, although some people actually willingly contribute more to support the work that we do, that's a great place to do it. Um, if we see any super chats, YouTube takes 30% of those things. So if you want to support us, me, the channel, vivabarneslaw.locals.com, the greatest place to do it. Uh, but you can also do it on Rumble where they have Rumble rents. Rumble takes 20% of those things. Ordinarily for the rest of the year, they take nothing. Uh, and then next year, they're going to take their 20%. That's how you do it. Am I on the good mic? It sounds like I might actually not be on the good mic. Ooh, that would be frustrating. I'm not on the good mic. Now I'm on the good mic. Doesn't matter. At least we didn't get too far into this. Um... What I was going to say, that's it. All right, so we're going to go live exclusively. We're going to move over to Rumble sooner than later. The link there is in the pinned comment. And uh, just make sure it's in the pinned comment. Yeah, wrong, Mike, I got that. I'm an idiot. Link to Rumble's in the pinned comment. VivaBarnesLaw.locals.com. No medical advice, no legal advice, no election fortification advice. Let's get down with the corruption. If you don't know who Garrett Ziegler is, you're going to know. We're not going to do a whole delving into childhood, but I'm going to ask a few questions. Uh, Ready to come in, Garrett? Three, two, one. Thumbs up, sir. How goes the battle? Thank you very much for having me. Well, okay, so we've never met in person, but I've heard many yeah. a Twitter space with you. Um, this is a first. So for 30,000-foot overview, I won't ask too many things about childhood getting up. We need to get into the uh, infinite depth of corruption that you have. If you haven't exposed it, at least you've um, cataloged it. Who are you for those who don't know who you are? So I worked in the Trump White House for two years for a gentleman named Peter Navarro, and after that, after the soft coup, I organized a small nonprofit research group primarily to go through the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop, and we took a long time to write a comprehensive report on it, 644 pages. I sent you a copy. It chronicles every violation of state and federal laws on the device. And that's why, as an attorney, I wanted you to go through it because it's really, like you said, cataloging precisely what he did wrong. So one of my pet peeves is people who talk about this, and a ton of people do, they very rarely provide specificity. So you know, we actually delineate between what is, quote, influence peddling, meaning uh, disgusting, immoral chumminess, but that which doesn't rise to the level of lobbying or FAR violations. And so, you know, you and Robert, I think, would appreciate this report almost more than anyone because half of my year in 2022 was spent looking through the U.S. code. 
And we reached out to every single pimp, hooker, drug dealer, and business partner of Hunter Biden, every single one of them, and to ask for their comment about the interactions they shared with Hunter that were revealed on the laptop and everything else. So I run a research group. I work for Peter Navarro. I live in Illinois. And what I do every single day is think about the American First family and how we can reveal how they actually are because the image they project to the public is completely erroneous. In private, I've been quoted as saying they're basically, David, a group of feral dogs. Barnes, uh, you know, Barnes described Biden and his MO as basically street level thuggery, but just, you know, at the highest levels of political office. We're, we're going to get into it because like, when I looked, first of all, you sent me the the, the yeah. report. Report. It felt like I was holding something dirty. Like you, you go, th- I've known all, I'm familiar with virtually everything yeah. in there. It felt like I was holding, not like the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, which aura's gold as you open it. it, it it's like, a, it's like a, a Pandora's box that you feel like you're looking into. Before we even yeah. get into that, um, may I ask how old you are? You, you seem very uh, young. Ju- uh, yeah, I'm youth, 27. I should say. How do you get into 28? How do you get into yeah. politics? Like who who makes the decision to get into politics? And if I may ask, how did you get involved specifically with the Trump campaign? And then I actually want to ask you about what happened afterwards. But how do you get into politics in the first place? Yeah, so I am a little bit of a heretic. Uh, I actually am not a Republican. I'm a registered independent, and I believe what the American founders believe on trade. So I don't believe. In free trade. I think it's a fallacy. I think it's basically the 21st century version of alchemy. And I was drawn to President Trump's positions on trade. And so I worked really hard my senior year of college in 2017 to get a job or to get an internship in the White House. And during that internship, I got to know Peter Navarro, who's also a fellow heretic. And uh, he took a liking to me. And so, you know, part, most of my tenure at the White House was fighting other units of the White House who were constantly trying to get Peter fired. And so the short answer to your question is I never planned uh, to be in the political world. In fact, everyone else right now it bores me beyond Donald Trump. I have no interest in, you know, like working for a member on Capitol Hill or what have you, but I was very drawn to the president's beliefs on trade, immigration, and other matters. And so once I got to look through the laptop, I realized that the material on there, David, is exactly – it's directly related to my interests because the Bidens' involvements with the CCP are what interests me. If the mm-hmm. Bidens were doing business with the Japanese or the English or the Brazilians – I wouldn't have taken that deep of interest, but my time at the White House was spent every single day thinking about what the Chinese are doing. And the Chinese are doing right now is the Bidens. They are collecting a handsome ROI based on their illegal infiltration operation with Hunter, Joe, and Jimmy Biden. And so that's what keeps me going. Uh, May I ask what you studied in university to get into a life of politics? I studied economics, and I would like to address – this is the best part, in my opinion, of the live stuff because I get a back and forth with the commenters. Um, There was – 
disagreement in the comments about the soybean tariffs. I would love to argue this um, <laughs> because I believe in foreign tariffs only insofar as they're commensurate with the foreign wage, labor, and, and environmental arbitrage. And in fact, I would argue that they are the conservative position. You're not able to find one American founder who spoke against that. So my opposition really is not the Democrats or the Republicans. It's basically an intellectual class that gave birth to the Economist magazine, right? That was started in 1848 to go against the, the corn laws. So I, uh, I, these are the issues that I care about. And I think if the Bidens even want to do, to do the right thing, they couldn't because the Chinese have them on a halter basically. Yeah, I, I read the live chat as well, and there's some things that I, I I'm not interested. I there's some stuff in the chat that might be that relevant was a good for discussion. Comment. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you study economics. You get you get involved in Trump. How does that happen? Does does somebody pick you? Like I don't know what they do. Like say you want to join the the Trump cabinet, and uh, you say absolutely. Well, I wasn't uh, I wasn't on his campaign other than volunteering and and knocking on doors. I was just purely informal supporter of his campaign. But I had a friend, a fellow small town kid from Illinois, get a job in the White House. And I said, I'm still in college. Um, I really want to work with Peter. Well, ironically, he couldn't get me in with Peter during my internship. So I had to go in another division. Uh, doubly ironic was the fact that I was in a division that Peter was fighting at the time. So I actually agreed with Peter, even though the division I was entering with was opposed to him. And so I told Peter that I would love to, you know, Peter was a college professor for 30 years. So this is a little bit of an atypical. The way the political system works in the United States is not the how is not the way I did it. Basically, there's people who spend their whole lives in Washington and then get jobs at the White House. Peter was from Irvine, California, and taught at UC Irvine for 30 years. And so his experience was having you know, graduate assistants and people under 30 working for him. So our office was four staffers under 30, and we were a decade younger than everyone, and it was fun as hell and a lot of fighting. It made me a little bit more pugilistic, and we got to work for Peter for two years. And you know, Peter was atypical, David, in that he actually believed what the president believed. Most, and you've talked about this, the personnel was bad during the first term. All of our problems now, or 80% of them, are dealing with bad personnel decisions in the first term. So I think that uh, my my path, if you would, is a little bit atypical because I'm a, I did this as sort of like a holy war to stop what I believed was the economic rape and pillage of the United States with our trade deficits, and most importantly, even more than the nominal deficits every year, was the intellectual property theft. And maybe at the end we could talk about, you know, Canada has been completely infiltrated by the CCP. We actually cite a Canadian author in our report in three different footnotes because he's done a lot of research on Ye Jin Ming. Uh, I don't agree with everything he does, but his name's Sam Cooper. He wrote a book called Willful Blindness. You heard of this? Nope. It is a phenomenal I, book. Yeah, he, he he knows a lot about CEFC, which is the company at the center of all of this. There's Burisma and CEFC, and those were the two firms that hired Hunter what, what, as their foreign agent. Okay. 
No, I say the, the stuff I know about the the CCP infiltration of Canada and Canadian politics, we're now seeing in terms of exercising influence and donations through the Trudeau Foundation, liberal candidates. Uh, there's a close military connection, which I would imagine would piss off an ordinary administration of a country bordering with Canada when we're training Chinese CCP soldiers on our on our territory for wintertime combat. Uh, there is also the same issue about buying up real estate, buying up natural resources up in Canada. Um, all right, now hold on a second before we go over to Rumble, because uh, we're gonna it won't change anything on our end. How often do you get that you look like a young Harvey Dent? <laughs> a couple of okay. times. Usually, <laughs> I, I'm hated so vociferously in the United States that I usually get made fun of that I look like that guy. Um, I can't remember the cartoon. Maybe it's Family Guy, uh, who has the big jaw, or Lord Farquaad. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, I yeah. see that. Actually, so it's a little always, bit of um, the neighbor, the neighbor it's always and family negative guy. Comparisons. Well, yeah, I to think yeah, family got, guy. He's got a very nice chiseled jawbone. Um, okay, you know what? We're gonna do it right now. Let's let's end on YouTube. Come over to Rumble, people. The link is there. Here it is one more time, because we're gonna get into the thick of this. Uh, ending on YouTube in three, two, one. Now, all right. So. First of all, what was it like working with the administration? Uh, and then what was the heartbreak when uh, the most fortified elections in American history that could not be questioned until they could only be questioned recently went down? Like, what, what did that feel like? But what was it like working with the administration? Well, I have uh, interesting memories because I'm sure you've heard. I don't know if they have this in Canada, really, in, in Canadian English, but have you heard of the phrase dog years? Like oh, every yeah. every year to a human is seven to eight years to a dog. Well, that's what the White House is like. It's like dog years for humans. So those two years feel like 15 years of my life. And most of those figurative 15 years were spent fighting other units within the White House. There was so much disagreement on what our policy should be. That, you know, there's a lot of good memories with Peter, and then there's a lot of bad memories fighting other units within the White House. So that goes into what your second question was, which is so many White House officials didn't believe there was election fraud. And right at the top, before we get into ballot curing in, uh, you know, Eric Coomer's words or Ruby Freeman. The election was conducted unconstitutionally, as you know, because the elections were done with procedures not approved by the state legislatures. And that's all me and Peter were talking about. We wrote a 50-page report on the election irregularities, but one of those points was that the procedures were not followed in the United States because the legislators were not agreeing with what the secretaries of states were doing. And all the branch covidians, as I call them, we're just going whole hog on these uh, changes that weren't authorized by the legislatures. So I sort of – without getting into the details, I think the election was completely unconstitutional because the constitution wasn't followed. And it was frustrating in the superlative to have people on your own team who didn't see what was right in front of them. And David, I would submit that they didn't see it because they They're have ulterior motives. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. like, because one thing that we've often hypothesized, and I haven't been on the inside, nor do I ever want to see the inside, but one of the theories is that there was swamp matter within the administration that was hell-bent on sabotaging the presidency, Trump in his first term, in any event. And when people say there wasn't fraud, it's it, it drives me nuts because 
I, I would not argue that there was fraud in the Dominion sense either. What there was, and I'll argue it was fraud, but they call it fortification, exactly as that Time magazine article described it. They changed the rules in ways that were unknown, that were untested. They censored information on the internet, including the Hunter Biden laptop, that had a material mm -hmm. impact on the outcome. That cannot be described as a valid election. Maybe it's not fraud and that there was no vote flipping or servers in Germany and whatever, but it was certainly vitiated. People's consent was vitiated, and there were certainly constitutionally questionable ballots counted because they were changing the rules faster than anybody could keep track of. So it, it drives me nuts. But part of the theory is that there were a lot of people in there who didn't want Trump in there to begin with because he was bad for everybody. He was bad for the swamp. Was that, that was very theory? well stated. There were so many statutes violated in each and every state and federal laws that you it's really a cornucopia of statute violations. And, you know, I didn't think we had the best attorneys fighting the fraud to say the least. But, you know, it's as if you're a doctor, more accurately, a surgeon, and you have this open wound, and there's a ton of gangrene in the open wound, and you're trying to pluck out, or it's like that kid game operation. So there are good people within the administration, but that operation game dictates that you have to be very precise with your incision. And there was so much gangrene. And the reason why I've stayed obsessed with this Biden laptop, as you mentioned, is because it was material, uh, significant enough to change the outcome if we had an, a legitimate process. And mm -hmm. I can't get over it. I believe Joey is a complete fraud, and I've just had a log memory. I mean every single day I wake up, and I think he's a fake. I think that he couldn't even get out of his basement. He's a geriatric. So I'm, I've been committed to nothing else basically and you know the, the the operation is so vast you talked about the deep state joey's entourage is four to five dozen deep there are people whose entire sustenance prestige jobs access recognition is tied to his fraudulent political bra uh, a political and office from yeah if I may add, and may add, and add, correct me if I'm wrong, not just their past and present, but their futures. Like everybody knows how this works. You get your speaking fees if you play ball. You get your future job offers and positions on boards if you play ball. Nobody likes uh, somebody who doesn't play with the current administration. And so it's just, I don't know whether or not, you know, it could be said that Joe Biden is owned or whether or not he's the tool through which the ownership occurs. Um, mm -hmm. That was now, a very good point. And if I may, the staff that I alluded to earlier that didn't believe there were election fraud, and it's, this is not my opinion. This has been written about by other people. So it's an established fact that people wanted to play ball, David. The other staffers wanted to get their jobs at McKinsey, and that's why I think our dossier, which hasn't been found to have one material mistake in over nine months of being released, they don't really know how to take me because I haven't played ball. Like I'm not affiliated with the RNC. I'm not affiliated with the Trump campaign. And so they're always afraid that I might come out against them or find something that they're doing that's corrupt. And so I, whereas I moved back home, I'm 10 minutes from where I was born in the middle of Illinois and just sort of have a normal life again. I'm not in D.C., whereas 80 percent of the Trump staff has now went into lobbying firms, tried to get uh, big you know, law clerkships. Like they're they're basically Bush types 
who were in the Trump administration. And I'm not like that. I'm actually a true believer. And so I think that ironically has somewhat hurt Marco Polo because we're not looked at as sort of a secure Republican research group, if you will. Like no, our research didn't. cuts cuts lines. Well, and not, not not to be judgmental, and I'm not repeating it because I agree with it. I'm just repeating it because that's how it's said. Is that Marco Polo comes, you know, has been portrayed as a conspiracy theorist, uh, you know, partisan mm-hmm. hackery of a website. Uh, the, yep. the, the the dossier, you know, you're a nutcase. Everything has to be disregarded. Uh, it's smear campaigns. It's Russian disinformation. And I know you get that all the time. Um, the question I had, oh, by the way, I just want to, re- re- before I forget, 81 million yeah. votes. Again, it's it, uh, that they may have been tabulated. Yeah, I'm sure there was 80, 81 million pieces of paper that um, had a certain vote on it and a certain unmatched or unverified signature. The question was how. 2,000 mules did a good job explaining the how without getting sucked down into the, uh, the red herring of, of, of the Dominion voting machines. It's a, uh, it was a fortified election because fortified is just being used interchangeably with fraudulent or vitiated or unconstitutional. All right, now this is the question. When is the first time that you become aware of the Hunter Biden laptop? Were you aware of it before it was public knowledge? No. Okay. I was... I was sort of looked at as Peter's White House guy. So I wasn't involved in the outside machinations. Like I didn't even meet Steve Bannon or Rudy Giuliani until after the election. The first time that I got my hands on the device was October 31st, 2020. I went over to OAN and all I had on my phone notes was a list of like 30 search terms. I didn't go in there. With a big plan, I all I wanted to see were, and this was after hours, if there were certain search terms that were relevant to the election in the laptop. And once I went through it all on the 31st, I was blown away. And this was just a copy that OAN had. I didn't get a physical copy then, but I knew I made a mental note on the 31st of October that whatever happens, this is ripe for a thorough exposition. And I'm a total nerd. So I'll sit with the thing and I'll go through every single email. And one thing your audience may or may not know of is that we've put all of the emails and photos online. BidenLaptopEmails.com has all of the of the emails. Everybody can go download them so that you have the original metadata and everybody can go look at the photos. So we're really creating a permanent rep- – and this – I didn't know this when I was sitting down with it on October 31st, 2020, but it's – beautifully come together and that's thanks to the others on my team but one of our goals is to create a permanent repository of this unbelievable data where you have far violations money laundering sex trafficking solicitation a conspiracy to commit bribery i mean these are direct from the statute language i'm not extrapolating at all you mentioned David, some of the hate that has been spewed towards my group, none of it is ever substantive. It's at the bottom level of ad hominem attacks. It's just that they don't like how I look or how I speak or what I believe, but nobody will actually take apart the analysis we've done. (laughs) And so it's supremely frustrating. You discover the laptop at the same time as the New York Post story. It's October October 2020, correct? Well, Yes, the post story dropped on the 14th, and I obviously read that with great interest, but I didn't have the chance to look through the device until the 31st. Of October, um, and, all right. 
yeah and so you're looking you're looking through it this is now i don't know when we discovered or when we were told that the fbi had had this very same laptop for about a year uh the circumstances surrounding the computer guy divulging this or giving it to the fbi like some people had suggested it, as if it changes anything of the substance on the computer although it might allow people to have some conspiracy theories that the computer repair guy was a partisan hack who was looking for an excuse to get into the computer because he knew it was hunter biden's and then weaponized it do you know do you have any knowledge on the circumstances regarding the computer repairman's accessing the computer why and why he disclosed it afterwards yes i do it, we cover it in a couple of pages on the timeline and hunter's attorneys have actually deposed me for over nine hours about this very topic and other things the computer repairman was sort of this apolitical, you know, legally blind, albino, kind man who ran a one-man shop in Wilmington. And the reason why he started to look through it was that the 90 days that was stipulated in the work order was up. Hunter didn't come and pick up the device. So he he's sort of a Boy Scout. His father and grandfather served in the military. And so he wasn't disillusioned with the FBI yet, whereas I, if I had this, I would have been. So he actually went through the proper channels. His dad went to the Albuquerque field office. They blew him off for a couple of weeks. And then somebody from the Baltimore field office, Wilmington resident agency, reached out to the son, met with him. The son recounted how Hunter never picked up this device. He signed a work order stipulating that after 90 days, it became the property of JP, and he gives it to the feds. In his loving naivete, he believed that evidence would come forth in the Trump impeachment scam, number one, because the emails clearly show a pressure campaign to get Shokin out <clears throat> on behalf of Burisma. So it's directly related to impeachment number one. Once JP saw that the FBI was sitting on it and not doing anything, he finally reached out to Republican congressmen and senators in the late May, late spring, April and May. This is in our timeline of 2020. They didn't do anything miraculously, uh, disgustingly. But in, in August, he reached out to Rudy's attorney, Robert Costello, and we just wrote a letter to the judge. In Hunter Biden's plea case, uh, my group Marco Polo did with Costello and Giuliani <clears throat> asking the judge to reconsider this. And if we had any impact on her at all, I couldn't be more proud. So Costello gets this. Rudy gets this. Rudy gives it to the Post. And a couple of weeks after that, I go through it. But this entire debacle, I'll call it, of the chain of custody is – been completely clear from the beginning. JP put out five videos in the winter of 2020, right after the election, going through the exact timeline saying, Hunter went into my shop April 12th, 2019. He doesn't come back because he brought three computers in. One was done for, he gave the other an external keyboard, and Hunter just didn't return. So he goes through the timeline of going to the FBI, the FBI sitting on it, not doing anything. I mean, you know, this if thing, I, if I may some people may not. Yeah. Let me stop you there. Just one uh, question that's very relevant. At this time, nobody yet knows about the Twitter files, the FBI Twitter files that the FBI and uh, Twitter to talk about a potential hack, a potential leak, a potential Russian disinformation of the Hunter Biden laptop. Nobody even knows that at this time, correct? Correct, comma. 
And that is why Elon Musk now is frustrated with my group because we've been publicly complaining to him about his attorney, Alex Spiro, who was in business in part with Hunter Biden and who oversaw the Twitter transition. Alex Spiro is the partner at Quinn Emanuel who wanted to keep James Baker on at Twitter because we were pounding Elon Musk's door saying, hey, give us <clears throat> these comms. We want to see – what the Baltimore field office was saying to the safety folks at Twitter in real time. We want to go back to those DMs or whatever the hell they used. And Alex Spiro shut all of that down, and Alex Spiro is still representing Elon Musk to this day. So we don't know. It's going to be rich in detail, and if it, their names are Michael Zelak or Joshua Wilson, the two case agents who met the shop owner at his house – uh, it's going to be insane. It'll confirm everything that we knew all along with direct evidence that we've known through circumstantial. Um, Spiro is still on the Twitter team, but this is Tw Spiro who's trying to not um, control the flow of information as Musk has taken this over. But Musk has since discovered the interplay between James Baker, who was he was on the board or was he counsel for Twitter? James Baker's one, general was, counsel Twitter. General counsel for Twitter. He general was counsel, former board member. And former <laughs> general counsel for the FBI. It, yes, insane stuff. And our argument to Musk is very simple. Spyro is literally CIA. And when I say literally, David, I mean he worked at the CIA. He graduated from Tufts, went to the CIA, and then went to HLS, went to Harvard Law School. So this is not conjecture. Spyro admits in open interviews that he has tons of contacts at the FBI, and we put out a story in the, in the U.S. Sun showing that Spyro served on the same board as Hunter Biden in a Chinese private equity fund called BHR that's still in existence today, has $2 billion U.S. dollars assets under management. And Spyro's a total shill. I mean he is the beating heart of corrupt big law in the United States. And <laughs> he has so much power, David, that he punted the story at the U.S. Sun. We're told he called Murdoch directly <laughs> and got the story taken down, even though none of it was false. The writer hasn't been reprimanded because there's nothing false in the story. Alex just called his buddy <clears throat> Murdoch and said, I can't have this up. <laughs> it's unreal. So, so you are you start going through this laptop at this time, say two weeks after the story breaks. We then we do not yet know about the incestuous infiltration of intelligence with Twitter, with Facebook. We discover that, I don't know, two years later, I think. Uh, Shokin, just so that I can make sure that this is correct. The infamous video of Joe Biden saying, uh, I tell this guy, if you don't fire this corrupt prosecutor, we're not going to give you the billion dollars in aid. And gosh, damn it, son of a bitch, they fired him. He's talking about Shokin, right? Yes, sir. Victor Shokin. Okay. Just want to make sure I keep it. I, I, to make a mistake on that, I don't want to. All right. So now hey, you for, start looking. For me to remember these people, these jokers, David, that's why we have the pictures in the dossier. Because for me to remember these people, I've got to read their name 10 times, look at their picture five times, read copious amounts of articles about each of these characters. So it's a task, and that is why we did the report. The report's not meant to be read in one afternoon. It can be. It's <laughs> well, 179,000 words. 
I was going to say the problem, and I'll put it in quotes for the podcast later, is that the report is like reading Encyclopedia Britannica, but only on one issue. We're like, oh, my goodness, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll consult it when I want to refresh my memory on one fact, but it's yes. almost not digestible in one sitting unless you've no, lived it's through not. it. We want it to be a coffee table book. So you 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 start going through this with with uh, the first impeachment in mind, because bearing in mind the first impeachment against Trump, some have argued including myself, that it was specifically for that which Joe Biden publicly admitted having done, quid pro quo, exercising influence on foreign affairs. You're not getting your billion dollars unless you fire this guy who's going to be looking into the corrupt energy company on which my son is a board member. Shokin, Joe Biden's defense to that has always been, and that of the MSM, CNN, and the like, it was actually bad what he did because Shokin was going to investigate corruption and uh, and in Burisma, which would have hurt him. So they, uh, you know, that's the spin. Can you address that one spin definitively now? The argument that it was actually a counter to Joe Biden's corrupt potential interests to remove Shokin and replace him with someone who would actually investigate corruption. Yes, thank you. Number one, refuting this, like you said, Dan Goldman's been repeating this for years now, we have an interagency memo that was released by John Solomon at Just the News that shows that two weeks before Joey was on the phone with Poroshenko in the first week of December 2015, we have an interagency memo approving of the job that Shokin was doing. Because what they do say, David, all the time is the Atlantic Council wanted this, the EU wanted Shokin gone. All Joey was doing was effectuating standard U.S. policy. It's not the case. We have paper proving that an interagency memo was going to uh, approve and basically commend the job that that Shokin was doing because that billion-dollar loan guarantee was coming up at the IMF. I can post a link on Twitter after this talk showing the memo because – I've been pleading with the Republicans who can't keep much of this straight to bring up this memo in the hearing because it totally goes against what Dan Goldman and everybody is saying. I'm focusing on Dan because he's been sort of the lapdog for Joey in the last two weeks. Well, I, I, I made the joke. Dan has become the iteration of uh, oh, um, I loved it. Adam, Adam Schiff for this because Adam Schiff was the one spouting the egregious lies during the first impeachment. I saw smoking yes. gun evidence. Of, it was lie after lie after lie, and maliciously so because he knew that nobody could contradict his lies without violating confidentiality provisions. Uh, he can't do it a yes. second time because everybody knows he's a liar. In comes Dan Goldman. Pathological. Sorry. Carry on. Well, no, I, I, I think everybody should be aware of this interagency memo. Again, I'll, I'll lay it out very simply for somebody who has no background that may be listening into Ukraine. The U.S. government officially – all of its executive agencies wanted to sign off on the loan guarantee because they approved of the job Shoking was doing. Two weeks later, the vice president's on the line with the president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, saying the U.S. doesn't approve of the job Shoking is doing. He needs to go or we're not going to sign off on this IMF loan guarantee. The only thing that changed <laughs> was Joey protecting his son. And his son and his family's financial interest. Let's just that is even assume that the that facts. was the rash, that that was the justification. Let's just even assume it's true. How does tying the IMF loan disbursement 
to removing a prosecutor. How does that even work without that in and of itself, even if that were a correct justification constituting an unlawful quid pro quo? It doesn't. This is precisely <laughs> why Trump scared them. He – I won't – the the Icarus analogy doesn't fit completely because I don't ever want to think of Ukraine as this shining bright sun. But Trump in his Icarus ways got a little bit too close to the sun here where in the perfect call with Zelensky, he mentions, number one, the CrowdStrike server, which starts so much of this hoax because – if we can prove, which we know of, that Russia didn't hack the 2016 election, that there was no DNC hacked, it was an inside leak, the CrowdStrike server proves that. President Trump brought that up in the call in passing. He said, you need to look into this because Ukraine has been a hotbed for American deep state corruption for a while. He didn't use those words, but he did use the words, apparently Ukraine has the CrowdStrike server. So you can imagine – if you're on the other side of the table and corrupt as hell, and he starts mentioning the CrowdStrike server and Shoking's fire, and you're starting to sweat a little bit, your brow is starting to perspire, and you're like, holy cow, he's right on the top of this volcano that's about to erupt. And so that's why they have the ruse to try to get rid of him. He was too close to where it all began, and if he had better people around him, which goes back to our original topic, mm -hmm. the first one of the day, he would have been able to navigate those landmines. But the fact is, is that he had horrible attorneys, horrible advisors, and the presidency, in my opinion, is so difficult, especially in the 21st century with the American empire that I disprove of and want to shrink. With the American empire as it is, it's so difficult. If you do not have a stable of good people that you can call on, it's almost impossible. So he wasn't able to navigate the landmines, and although the Senate acquitted him, he still had to go through this absolute charade. All he was doing was talking about an ongoing investigation because, remember, Hunter was already being investigated by the District of Delaware at this point. It was totally legal and normal for the sitting U.S. president, the chief law enforcement officer, to inquire about an aspect of that current investigation because Hunter's Burisma payments were being investigated by the – by the way, I put investigated in quotation marks. But like you said, even from their own rules – it was totally appropriate for the chief law enforcement officer, namely the president of the United States, to ask about an issue that was already being investigated, meaning he wasn't doing this ex parte. It, it was every single fact pattern that Dan Goldman brings up is false from the appropriateness of asking Zelensky about these things to the actual machinery of the payments, for example. Most of that billion-dollar loan guarantee was washed through a, a bank, which you know of, Privat Bank. And there is evidence that Kolomoisky, who was the beneficial owner of Privat Bank, was the oligarch behind Burisma. Zlachevsky was just a minigarch, and all of those companies are domiciled in Cyprus anyway. So there's an argument that Privat Bank – when we – Explain this argument, although do not take the position explicitly in the report because there's not enough hard, hard, hard evidence for it. But there's an argument that this whole thing involved Privat Bank as well, Ihor Kolomoisky. Uh, who ended up replacing Shokin? <laughs> well, there was an interim one. His name was 
Yatali Vlalin. I'm gonna I'm gonna botch the surname on that. The Ukrainian surname is much more complicated than just Shokin. But they had a they had an interim one for two months. Okay. <clears throat> and then it was Litsenko. So the long-term net effect was that the investigations of Burisma were shut down. Mm-hmm. They used an American attorney for that illegal FAR violating scheme too, John Beretta who needs to be deposed by the Congress yesterday. I keep telling these staffers, get John Beretta in, get John Beretta in, because he is in our report, and he's central to all of this. He's central to being the American-based lawyer who strong-armed the Ukrainians the entire time because they wanted plausible deniability. They wanted to be able to say, no, 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 Hunter didn't influence his daddy. That was John Beretta, who we hired. It's all a ruse. Okay, I mean that 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 also just as a matter of fact puts an end to we 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 fired him because he wasn't doing his job and we wanted to replace him with someone who was doing his job because even and also even if that ended up being the case, which I, I my understanding is it didn't. Yeah. Well, you know damn well you're causing at least uh you know a year maybe more of turmoil in which nothing's going to get done and lo and behold Burisma stopped point. being investigated, and um, at that time Hunter Biden is on the board, the email. It came out recently, the, the email between him and Devin Archer, and I, I want to make sure I'm not totally confounding uh, different things here, but the email with Devin Archer where he goes through a list of 16 different points, talks about uh, uh, Eastern yeah. Europe policy, and then says, uh, I want to be compliant with FARA violations and FARA law, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and by the way, go, you know, next week, my, my guy is going to be down in Ukraine and get yourself a burner phone from a 7-Eleven. Is that, that's two weeks before the firing of Shokin? No, the sh- the firing okay. of Shokin occurs in – well, the shakedown, Joey's shakedown over the phone with Petro occurs in December of 2015. That email is on April 12th, the morning of April 13th, 2014. Okay. So this took them a while. This shakedown operation was not quick, and that's why because it took so long, we have all of this email correspondence proving what they were doing. That email is on page 143 of our dossier. And like you said, it 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 reads like Hunter was in the room with his dad when he wrote it. In fact, we can prove that he was with his father, maybe in the same room, but at least in the same house when he wrote this email, because we have all of his calendar entries. He was back in Wilmington for a basketball game for his daughter, Maisie, and stayed with Joey that night. So we can prove that Joe was with Hunter when this was written, and I bet Joey is receiving classified briefs and then conveying that to Hunter about what their strategy should be. And it's if by I may, far – If yeah. I may just pause you just before you get into it, the, the whole we want to be compliant with FARA laws is so uh, insincere or so fabricated. Uh, it's it, it reeks – because for a lot of us had never even heard of FARA violations until the administration decided to weaponize that opaque, arguably unconstitutional law for political purposes. But quite clearly, the people who intended to do that knew of it. And so they're padding their own file with self-serving nonsense to say, we want to be compliant with FARA violations, even though who I think no one or maybe two people had ever been prosecuted under FARA. And yet Hunter Biden is bringing this up in a text message to Devin Archer. It reeks of something that his father was was relaying to him or drafting for him. OK, sorry. Now, what That's were you going to say? Point. No, the only thing I have to add is that we see this multiple times. Three years later in 2017, Hunter brings up 
the FCPA, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and FARA in the dealings with CEFC. So Hunter, on multiple occasions, deliberately inserted what I will diplomatically call cover-your-ass provisions. So he is expecting this email might be produced in discovery in the future. And so he can always go to number 20 on his 22-point list and say, no, 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 we were totally above board. Look, prosecutor, I mentioned in the dang email that I don't want to violate FARA. So he's saying, we got to be above FARA. Oh, and by the way, this is how I'm going to influence a foreign – or uh, this is how I'm going to influence U.S. government on behalf of a foreign principal. It's peak gaslighting. And I'm double-checking. Yeah. I'm double-checking. It seems that there were at most 23 prosecutions in the history of FARA, but it says due to – I'm just – very quickly reading yeah. very it's few and i think there were, yeah and it says not there has not been a single conviction under farah and yet hunter biden is just patting his ass with his own you know there's i want to be compliant with farah wink wink because we're going to use this or have used it and we'll use it to weaponize it against our ideological adversaries so let's go ahead and protect ourselves against what we know that we do with others Oh, it's confession through projection to to the next level but okay yeah sorry yes. you mentioned that at the start of the show it is and you know why I think most people aren't convicted on it is because they don't have this much primary source evidence. David, even if every one of your listeners hated me and hated how I talked or how I presented things, they can't argue with Hunter's own material. All I did was play with the Rubik's Cube long enough. I played with a single Rubik's Cube for over a year and produced this thing with the help of my my team. But they can't argue, by the way, not one email has been proven to be false, not one. We put all of the metadata out there. It's all real. So when you go through these emails, they clearly show how they're an agent for a foreign principal. And remember, in America, all you have to do is declare the representation. You can be an agent for a foreign principal. All the DOJ requires through statute is to disclose who you're doing it for. But the reason why Hunter didn't want to do that is because if he did, people would start sniffing around. So he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. He wanted to get paid all this cash, but he didn't want to have to disclose. And so Hunter never stopped lobbying when his daddy became VP. That's an old myth perpetuated by NBC News. He just stopped registering. <laughs> his lobbying became illegal before it was scummy and, and corrupt, but it was legal. <laughs> it is a carnival. And that's why we've been sued for a collective $60 million. Everybody else, David, Daily Mail, New York Post, they, the Bidens won't touch them because they don't really think they're a threat. Our little group is being sued in L.A. for $60 million for on, intentional on infliction of emotional distress. <laughs> who's, that, who's the plaintiff in that suit? The sugar brother for the U.S. First Family, Kevin Morris. The guy who looks like the Geico caveman who bought Hunter's shares in BHR, who bought his art, and who is funding Hunter Biden's lifestyle and, and paid off the taxes that are at the subject of this criminal proceeding. This guy, the beating heart of Hunter's uh, largesse, is the one suing us. Uh, in his name personally for intentional yes. infliction of emotional distress? Yes, Okay. The reason why it hasn't well, gotten a lot of press is because it's so ridiculous. We cannot believe somebody within the state bar of California would put their John Hancock on this piece on this lawsuit. It's not worth the the paper it's written on. However, it is pure lawfare. So what does my little nonprofit have to do? Doesn't even have a million dollar budget. 
we've got to we got to uh, get together, you know, 100 grand retainer for the best L.A. attorney. Now, the good news is that liberal California has strong anti-slap laws. So mm-hmm. if justice prevails, we'll prevail on the anti-slap motion and hunt and dismissed with costs. Yes, Ho- they're going to have to pay hopefully. everything. Yeah, hopefully if a judge named Epstein in L.A. decides justly. Now, uh, I, I'm going to look into that because I actually I was not aware that you're being sued. That's it sounds interesting, but also just sounds more of the same uh, to get back to the Hunter Biden laptop from hell and everywhere this leads. When does Hunter start making all of this money? Like, when does he start? When does he first start receiving payments uh, that are not commensurate, arguably, with experience? That would start in 1998 on his first job outside of law school. He was hired at MBNA Bank, and we put this in the dossier. We put his entire work history, the name of every shell company he's affiliated with. MBNA Bank was interested in crafting bankruptcy legislation that made it harder for individual credit card holders to discharge of that debt. Mm-hmm. And what do you know? They hire the son of the U.S. senator who was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Senate. So Hunter was hired in 1998 dollars for a collective like 300 grand per annum after his consulting fees to lobby his father illegally <laughs> because MBNA Bank was the largest credit card company along with Chase, you could argue, in Delaware at the time. So every single professional affiliation Hunter Biden has ever had Every single one. That is not an exaggeration. I urge – we have a $1,000 bounty for all of your listeners, a $1,000 bounty to find a material mistake in the report, and we'll, we'll wire the funds immediately because we don't want anything wrong in here. Remember, mm-hmm. they're not suing us for defamation because truth is the last defense. <laughs> they're just saying we in, intentionally inflicted emotional distress. That's what happens by te- when by te- you By telling the – that's it. By telling yeah. the truth and revealing the corruption, uh, now a material mistake does not include a typo, right, Garrett? Yes. <laughs> okay. No, that's why I wanted to do your your program is because you're an attorney. Uh, you get into the details, and I love the nitty gritty because then you no, know, for for me, my 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 uh, say the difficulty for me is keeping it all together because too much. It just I remember learning this. Oh, I was going to say, speak in French. Oh, fur et mesure. Like as as going along, I remember learning this. Like, holy crap! Now I got to re- reposition a name that I heard a year ago with all of this new information, and it makes a lot more sense. I remember when the first time I saw that video, Joe Biden. If you don't fire this guy, well, you're not getting your money. Son of a bitch, wouldn't you know? It's six hours later. I'm getting on the plane. They do it, and now it makes so much more sense in light of all of the knowledge subsequently accrued. And I like the idea. I mean, I hadn't even thought about this, but like every one of, of Joe Biden's, Hunter Biden's positions has been disguised lobbying. And people say, well, that's just politics. You know, what, what are you going to do? But we get into the crux of it with um, Burisma. Now, the, the, the Farah, the Burisma allegations of potential violation. The idea is that Hunter Biden was doing nothing more than lobbying for Burisma. They put him on the board. He has direct access to his dad. Uh, they pay him handsomely in advance, and he basically does the bidding for Burisma, or at least protects it from prosecution, or gives it an air of legitimacy because it can't be that corrupt of a Ukrainian energy company if the vice president's son is sitting on the board. What other companies might he have had this same relationship with? Well, definitely BHR, which is the Chinese private equity firm that Hunter 
owns 10% of. Now his sugar brother, Kevin Morris, who's suing us, owns that 10%. Because why? Well, we kept pestering journalists to ask uh, Saki about this on the stand. And so finally, after we kept bugging them for nine months of the first nine months of 2021, he offloaded it to a sugar brother. So there's BHR. There's Rosemont Realty, which Devin Archer talked about in the limited hangout interview with Tucker, meaning uh, that interview with Devin Archer, like Devin Archer's testimony, was extremely underwhelming to me. Uh, Devin Archer knows he's handsome. He knows he's charming. This was, I think, a way to satiate the right without talking about any of their crimes. They didn't mention one really crime during the interviews <laughs> in either the Congress that Devin Archer committed. So now Devin Archer is being able to be hailed as the hero when, in fact, you know, he's a he's a white collar felon, straight up mm. been convicted by a jury of his peers. And it allows him to play the, you know, the role of the hero. And it's a joke and makes me mad. But the the list we have is MBNA Bank, Biden Belair lobbying group, CEFC, Burisma, BHR. Rosemont Realty, Rosemont Capital, all of these paid Hunter millions of dollars. So no job. And to be frank, and I was a witness uh, for the mother of Hunter's child in Arkansas. I was retained as the expert witness in that case. It got settled. But (laughs) the art scam now is another version of lobbying. (laughs) So – Everything he's done has been either registered or unregistered lobbying. And don't take my word for it. Business Insider, unrelated to me, don't even know the writer. They revealed that a Democratic donor and a member of Joe's administration bought Hunter's art. Uh, Liz Naftali or Naftali bought Hunter's art. Naftali. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, the, the buyer of Hunter's art was appointed to a commission that Eric Schwerin, Hunter's former partner, was appointed to when Joey was VP. We have email correspondence of Eric Schwerin getting a clear quid pro Joe. Uh, meaning this Eric, was um, the yeah. Hunter Biden's gallery sold art to the Democratic donor friend who was named to the prestigious commission, and it was Neftali. We, we talked. I, I talked about this a couple. I mean, it was at least yes. a week ago. Uh, let me just yeah. find her name: Neftali or Naftali? It's Naftali. Here we go. Elizabeth Hunter Hirsch. sold art to yeah. Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali, Democratic donor appointed to the prestigious federal commission. You 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 call it um or you use the term lobbying, and I just you know to me it's more like laundering, but I guess lobbying is uh lobbying is the non-criminal uh, way of describing it. This is like this no, is this it is, is advanced it, it is criminal based please, on the statute elaborate. language. Okay. Well the 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 statute that governs lobbying is 18 US or 18 or 22 USC 1603 and so with the report we go into exactly what email correspondence uh describes what they were doing and how they're advocating for their interest without registering as lobbyist and so to to sort of i think to go where i think you're going it is absolutely illegal and what they should do if they care about transparency is release the names of all the buyers, but they won't do that. Just like Hunter wouldn't register for FAR because if they do that, it invites scrutiny, and hiding all the names of the buyers allows them to evade that scrutiny for a time. Although well, there'll be it, more buyers it only, released. 
but it only it only hides the name. It only hides the buyer from the the lowly hoi polloi in the general population. People are not buying half a million dollar hunter works of art so they can hide them in the basement. Everybody within the community knows exactly who buys it, who owns it, who's hanging it up, like the Bill Clinton picture painting in in, in um, Jeffrey Epstein's house. They know damn well. It, amongst themselves, they know damn well. It's not for the purposes of retaining anonymity. Um, so now, all of those companies, you got, I mean, Burisma, we know. The, the, the Chinese company was called, it was BHR. the letters, uh, BEMC? CEFC BHR. and CEFC. What was the other one? Ro- Ro- Rosemount? What was the one that had the word mounted it? What Rosemount. did that company do? So this was just brought up in Devin Archer's interview with um, – Tucker Carlson, Rosemont Realty grew out of a New Mexico-based real estate empire called BGK, run by another twice-convicted white-collar felon, Eddie Gilbert. And what happened was all of the Heinz Carey money was put into this fund, and Christopher Heinz, Carey's stepson, and Devin Archer were running that fund. So Devin Archer does have some intelligence. I don't know what his IQ is. It's definitely not like Hunter's, which is barely triple digits. I mean, he's got at least 15 to 20 points on Hunter. Plus, he's a hell of a lot more charming. So it was really Devin Archer and Christopher Hines doing the work. Hunter was brought in purely for introductions. Lord knows. he. Remember, we have a decade of this guy's life on his device. We found two Excel documents. He does zero work. Zero. All he does is introduce people in person and over email and makes millions of dollars for it. Like his, and and, and his, all of the other extracurricular stuff, which we're going to get to in a bit. Yes. So the Heinz and Kerry money was central to this. The Rosemont scam, if you will, in my opinion, it is a scam for one reason. They sold that above market rate to a Chinese state-owned enterprises. Gem- and now it's called Gemini. The company is still in existence. It's a basically now a Chinese state-owned enterprise has a majority share in a real estate conglomerate now based in L.A. And the characters in that charade were, as I mentioned, Christopher Hines, Devin Archer, Eddie Gilbert, Dan Burrell, and of course Hunter. He was on their advisory board. And, and what are they doing? They're they're buying up real estate and yeah, helping the Chicoms buy up commercial real estate, literally. It's okay. economic treason. Economic treason. And they're and they're all lining their pockets in the meantime through retainers, uh, monthly monthly salary, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, and again, without this is going to be um, not the, the 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 buyer's paradox. Without inundating too many people with too many names, that's the essence of it. We're going to get to the big question, which was: We now know my guy was Joe Biden. We always knew the big guy was also Joe Biden. So where does Joe Biden's, not his knowledge of his son's business dealings, his implication in his son's business dealings come into play? Robert Barnes, just to add a little preface, Robert Barnes says, this was never a question of Joe Biden looking after his son. This is his opinion. It was never a question of Joe Biden making sure that his downtrodden drug addict of a son would have a job and income for the rest of his life. This was... This was to redirect it back to himself at the end of the day, and his son was that was that mechanism. The 10% for the big guy contextualized that for everybody, and how did Joe Biden get his cut out of all of this, allegedly? Well, those are two different questions. The 10% for the big guy is a line out of an email from an English businessman named James Gillier, 
and it was a proposed equity breakdown for their joint venture with the Chinese company CEFC. And so that's the answer to the first question. But to the broader question, this is what Hunter did throughout. Joey's name is not going to be on the formation documents. When the Democrats and the leftists in the United States got their list of talking points from the Atlantic Council and CFR, figuratively, they said, well, Joey's name is not listed on any of Hunter's businesses. No, we're Hold not on. alleging you, they're when, that dumb. The mob when you say Joey, <laughs> When you say Joey, you mean Joe Biden, right? Yeah, the forty, the forty-sixth <laughs> right. fraudulent okay. president. That's what his family calls him, and I respect him personally so little. And I think he's a, to- I think he's failed upwards his entire existence. He's, he's a total fraud. And well, so we do, we do know that- we have documentation of the plagiarism. We know that he plagiarized uh, <laughs> or uh, derived inspiration a lot. So, okay, sorry, no, just so everybody understands, there's no other Joey in this. It's Joe Biden. Who his yeah, name Joey. wasn't on the incorporation documents, not a director, not a shareholder. I, I mean, as if that's, that's, the, that's how stupid. Not no, even, that's, that's how stupid they think people even. are. It's like, oh, he, he, sorry, go for it. No, I was, I don't think I could say it better than you did. We, they're even 80s mobsters who own pizza parlors as front companies and shipped people's index fingers to their enemies. They weren't stupid enough to put their names on the formation documents. It's like, well, I looked up a Delaware LLC and Joey's not on the list. No crap. What they did was very simple. Hunter was on the hook for Joey's living expenses. We straight up prove it. Emails prove that there was a joint bank account between Hunter Biden, Eric Schwerin, and Joey Biden. His firm paid for Joe's second iPhone, his burner phone, so Hunter could always get a hold of him. That phone was exclusively for Hunter and Joey. So if if Hunter ever needed a, a Joey's muscle in a pinch, he could get a hold of him, not have to go through the official White House channels. The Secret Service didn't harden the phone. It was a clear national security risk. It's probably bugged mm-hmm. from multiple Five Eyes countries. Their operation was, like you said, Hunter was the bag man. So Joey's not going to be listed on the official documents, but – Hunter is going to pay his living expenses, be on the hook for house payments, and everything else. So Joey doesn't declare it on his taxes. Hunter doesn't declare it on his taxes. It's tax fraud because he got multiple thousands of dollars going to Joey every single year without declaring it as a gift. Joey's filing fraudulent returns, and we have them on this statute, every single year because he releases those tax returns. So it's tax fraud. It is FAR violations. And because it's FARA violations, it's money laundering. And again, this is all laid out through emails, text messages, WhatsApp messages, pictures, screenshots, audio uh, messages that Hunter used in the voice memos app on his iPhone, and videos. So it's not speculation. Let, let me ask you if you could, people, without all of the evidence, the most striking determinative determinative pieces of evidence to substantiate what you say. Cause I think I, I think I know which ones you're referring to, but the fire violations, I don't think we need. Um, I don't think we need. Let's much go to, more of let's the go to page, page 199 is the subsection under business related crimes. It goes unreported income and gifts, and it goes through entire emails of how Eric Schwerin um, had joint bank accounts. These were bills 
2,000, 2,600, 1,200, 1,400, 475, 969, joint bank accounts at Wilmington Trust. This was all things that Hunter was to pay. Straight up. They say that in the email. So what it was was an under-the-table arrangement, and that's why the left wing won't have me on. I've offered to Dan Abrams and all these people to have me on their shows is they don't want to get in the weeds because if you get in the weeds and read these English words in the emails, you cannot come to a different conclusion. Hunter was the bag man. This arrangement is proven by AT&T statements. And remember, Hunter was getting divorced in the end of 2016. And so we have his monthly auto pays breakdown because he has to produce this to his to-be ex-wife's counsel. So he's got to give an accounting. And so it's it's straight up. Joey is to get this money through what? House payments and joint bank accounts. Mm-hmm. It's it's through... in emails. No, and, and, and it's through the monies earned, yes. <laughs> procured to it's Hunter. For an influence peddling firm. Hunter's business model was far of violations. That was his business model. And because it's far of violations, like the Manafort indictment, because it's far of violations, all of its laundered money, it is un it is money derived from specified unlawful activity. When they took Manafort's homes and his cars and everything else, they used the statutes that we're listing here. So in the height of irony, they said Manafort was the crook. But in the same vein, the Bidens did the exact same thing, and unlike Manafort, everybody in the world can go online and read these emails and see how he didn't clear income. Oh, and here's another one. You know, Hunter accepting an this is a conservative evaluation of the diamond, but an eighty three thousand dollar diamond that he's never accounted for from from a Chinese oligarch, and then he lied to his wife about the possession of said diamond during their divorce litigation. It's a carnival. It, what is is amazing, and I've said it and I'll say it again, and I'll be able to substantiate it more and more each time. They went after Manafort for what Hunter Biden did. They went after Trump for what Joe Biden did. They accuse Eric Trump of doing what Hunter Biden has done. It's 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 so egregious and in your face, it's almost impossible to accept as a reality, especially for those who have been duped this long. Yes. Okay, well, let, let's get into, so that's the, Hunter being the front man or the bag man or whatever, whatever the expression is for, 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 for Joe. Yeah. Well, let's get into, um, okay, let's do the business. Well, do we do, we're, no, we're doing the business related crimes right now. Well, well that's Are what I'm saying. We set up the dossier <laughs> to be three big sections, right? In the order of importance that we think the American public should pay attention to. So I think every single American citizen is affected either directly or indirectly, large or small, through the business related crimes that Joe was involved in. The next section is sex-related crimes because Hunter committed sex trafficking. Absolutely indisputable. We have the airline tickets. We have pictures of them before they left California and then when they're in New York giving Hunter a foot job. And we have and let me, proof. Let me, let me stop yeah. you there. I'm going to stop you there. Bear in mind, who did they go after for alleged sex trafficking? Um, now I'm going to forget his name. Uh, come on, the guy. Uh, gosh. Julian Assange? Chats. No, 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 no. Uh, a Republican, uh, Republican congressman. What's his name? Oh, uh, Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Oh, jeez, I'm so brain farting. They go after no. Matt Gates for that which somebody else definitively did. So let's let's hear the evidence on that. And I appreciate what you're what you're doing here. Like 
some of the, some of the crimes, the financial crimes, FARA violations are of national, international interest because they are yes. they basically could compromise national security. Although some might say evidence of sex crimes could be equally uh, compromising of national security I for agree. blackmail extortion purposes. So the sex crimes, what what are the examples? And to quell so, a conspiracy theory, some people were saying that there were minors on the photographs on that laptop. My understanding is that's not the case. So explain what you mean about sex trafficking. Um, and whether or not it involved minors. We do not have evidence on the laptop that Hunter sex trafficked minors. The women that he trafficked were from ages 18 to 22. So they're very young, younger than his daughters, grossly. But on pages 233 and 234, we literally list the when, where, who, and what. So the date of the sex crime violation, the district that it was located in the contact information of the person involved so the pimp hooker etc and then the exact statute that he violated so there's no wiggle room of the naysayers so we put all of the evidence so for example on line like 35 we talk about uh, a sex trafficking violation that took place on november 27th 2018 and following he trafficked a poor woman 19 at the time named Joanna Rush from California to Connecticut and then they drove down to New York City to stay in the to stay in the Lombardi Hotel. It's a clear violation of 18 USC uh 1952 BI1 2422A which is the Mann Act and then New York Penal Law uh 22230. These are and statutes yeah. The, the reason for that is it doesn't have to be a minor in order for it to be a sex trafficking crime. Of course. And okay. it can be it can, any person that moves another across state lines for the purposes of prostitution is guilty of a federal felony. This is exactly what Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted of and R. Kelly. Ghislaine Maxwell, my friend Kenekoa, Eric, he wrote a piece showing using our report how Hunter violated the Mann Act just as much as R. Kelly and Glenn Maxwell did. It's insane. This was mm -hmm. brought up in the uh, the testimony from the two IRS whistleblowers, Gary Shapley and Joe Ziegler. So we go through all the sex-related crimes. There's 191, and these are state and federal laws and regulations. Uh, again, we have all of his text messages, all of his emails. So what we do for somebody who hasn't looked at the report, and the report is free to read online, bidencrimes.info. Or our website, marcopolousa.org, they'll see the correspondence, some of the times the pictures of the sex act that Hunter was having with the female, and then the mode of transportation that Hunter Biden paid for for the women, Uber receipts, Amtrak receipts, airfare. It's insane the amount of primary source evidence, and it's all his. He, again, for uh, the I record. Just, yeah. yeah. No, no, because I, I just got to illustrate this presumably was in the hands of others because uh, I, from what I understand, it's not the first time Hunter might have lost a laptop. There was the discussion that some Russian hooker had stolen his laptop. This is raise your defense. It was just a legitimate date. And she happened to live in California and I lived in New York. Raise that at a trial. Prima facie, very serious crimes that are presumably prima facie in the hands of foreign interests that are adversarial to national interests of america and this yes. is i mean it's just it's just it's well, just mind this, Gary. is this is no this is really 
those hypotheticals are really fun for me because when I wrote the report, I had to take stuff out because other people on our team, an attorney, an accountant, a digital forensics guy, were always the monkey on my shoulder saying, you know, what if they put up this defense? Where is the plot? They were always, and justly so, looking for the plausible deniability angle. What Mm -hmm. in this gives Hunter plausible deniability? What's in this report is those situations where Hunter has no plausible plausible deniability. If for example, the defense was put forth that she was his girlfriend. We have clear text message evidence proving that she wasn't. Hunter would solicit them online, then get their contact information to put in the airline traffic fields. And then we have the email notification going to his burner account, droidhunter88 at gmail.com, with the airfare. So there's no wiggle room here. In fact, we give him the benefit of the doubt in the case of Hallie Biden, who was his girlfriend, and he did pay, right? The the Hunter Biden uh, dated and slept with and filmed sex videos with his brother's widow. This is the American first family, and this is not one of those you know wholesome uh, Old Testament situations where the woman doesn't have any kids and the guy is <laughs> you know, single. I was I was literally going to add that as a joke because. In the old, in Judaism, you're supposed to marry yes. the widow of your brother. <laughs> yes, if you're single, and she is, right? Because the only thing that stops marriage is death and desertion and adultery, et cetera, in terms of divorce. But the, the level of carnal satisfaction that he experienced over the course of a decade is Nero-like. When I, I've been to 13 U.S. states, I have 37 to go. By the end of 2024, when I go on my speaking circuit, which is our great grassroots events, uh, I literally just have a projector in my laptop going through the dossier. <laughs> There's the, the thing that gets me. The reason why I'm bringing this up is the, the thing that people are awed by is the amount of primary source evidence. So everything that you and I are discussing, like this situation on uh, November 27th, 2018, this is not conjecture. You literally see with the genitals blurred out. You literally see the foot job with the airplane ticket in the report. There's no there's no extrapolation. We say, you know, for example, on page 254, and I won't just hear me out. Minutes later at 11.05 p.m., Hunter solicited sweet cakes, and based on the female's text messages, Hunter submitted his phone number on a forum sweet cakes use. This is her. This is her uh, hooker name. She said, thanks for responding. After some logistical back and forth over rates, the female, whose code word was Brazil, directed Hunter to a now inactive website where he could examine several naked photos of the female, in quote, before deciding on next steps. So we literally have the URLs of these hookers' websites and profiles, Hunter patronizing those websites, and then we have the Wells Fargo email receipts proving that he paid them for sex. And again, let's say that this is just a Republican congressman's son. This type of activity wouldn't warrant my attention and focus. It's because Joey is the president. All of this is blackmailable material. It's it's not just that Hunter is the son of a public official. If Hunter were a legitimate insurance salesman and he lived in Wilmington all of his life and maybe he was a little bit corrupt but just stayed in insurance, I wouldn't care. 
Amy Carter got kicked out of an American elite university, Brown University, the daughter of President Carter for smoking dope. This is not a new story, but what makes this an incredible story is the scale. Having decrepit, degenerate children and being the U.S. president is not new. What is new is the fact that My computer just froze. Son of a gun. Now, I don't know if Marco Polo, I don't know if Garrett disappeared or it's my connection. Hello? Yeah, sorry. Okay, I I don't know if you disappeared. My internet's been acting very shoddy, but I think this is you, right? Okay, hold on a second. Is Garrett back? Let me just go to locals and see if it's me or Garrett. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Can you? Okay, Viva is good. Okay. Garrett, it seems that the deep state has had enough of you for the <laughs> for the day. I'm joking. Uh, hit refresh on your computer if you if you can hear me say this. <laughs> Let me see here. Um, I'm not reading that. We can still see Viva weird. Okay, so it's not my internet. Do uh yeah, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Garrett refresh here. Or maybe do I kick him from the studio? Okay, no, Garrett, I can still see you now. Oh, he's out. Okay, he'll come back. And Garrett looked like he all of a sudden... At least it's him schwitzing this time. Everybody, who I I think... Can I hear everybody's proverbial jaw hitting the ground right now? Not even proverbial, I guess uh, internet, digital jaws hitting the ground. All right, while we're doing that, we will be taking uh, this exclusive to locals afterwards, but everybody in the meantime, 4,191 people watching and 373 thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up because it drives me a little crazy. That we're not the featured video on Rumble. I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'll wait for uh, Garrett to come back. There he is. Okay, he's back. Garrett, blink twice if you need help. (laughs) That's my own fiber company's fault. They are drilling for new fiber in the area, literally, this week. They do it in the Hmm. summer down here because it's warmer. So that's totally my fault. Well, don't, don't, don't I, I'm glad it's your fault because it's ordinarily it's my fault. My I get AT and T out in like the glades, and it sucks. But uh, and yesterday I was potato face all day long. Today it seems to be working fine. Um, I think we were on the absolutely monumental critical point that this is depravity of the highest order. That presumably, and I think it's safe to assume, is known by interests that are if not adverse to American national interests, at least self-interested to the point of give us some money or give us some contracts, give us some okay, or we we spill the beans. And Garrett, like, you tell me what you think of this. What about the theory that it's actually the deep state? Now forget China, forget Russia. It's the deep state military industrial complex in, in the, the military industrial complex that has this blackmail material that says, Joe, Go along with us in a war in Ukraine, or we spill the beans. Go along with us in, um, I don't know, invading Iran, or we end your presidency and your family's legacy. Which is more likely, do you think? I think that it's more likely that foreigners have this, but it's very, very close. To me, it's a distinction without a difference. Mm. The overall thesis is the same either way, which is even if Joey wanted to do the right thing even if he were honorable woke up tomorrow and actually wasn't corrupt he couldn't do it 
because they have him. I grew up around horses and cattle. You know, they always have halters on them. And Joey has a halter on him right now. And if anybody thinks he is misbehaving, they will yank that halter and it, you know, on an animal, it really hurts them because it's right under their, uh, their chin. And that's what we have right now. We have a situation where beyond election integrity, which I think is the most important because it allows you to get to rectify a terrible situation. The issue that matters more than anything to American citizens, and you could argue the Western world, is that the U.S. president is compromised. There is no other issue that matters more than that. And I get very animated and passionate because if he is compromised, there's virtually nothing you can do to rectify that beyond voting somebody else in because he doesn't have your best interest in mind. He doesn't. From Ukraine to China, he won't even talk about Chinese intellectual property theft. Look for let's say you you know somebody's a Ricardian neoliberal and they hate tariffs. I'll even you know for the purposes of argument grant that maybe you hate tariffs. They should at least hate intellectual property theft. He, Joey, I don't think has mentioned intellectual property theft from the podium in his presidency, which is people used to make fun of President Trump for the way he said China. There's even a montage on YouTube of him saying China three hundred times because. That's what I think about going to bed every day. They're the only competitor we have in the time frame of the century. Everybody else will go away. The Chinese have you know, 1.3, 1.4 billion people. They got complete control over them, and they're a real threat. And so I think that the U.S. president's compromised, and the reason why I think that is because there's primary source evidence showing that he was complicit in a FARA-violating money laundering international scheme for over a decade. When uh, the media says – I mean it's, the, the pivot is just stunning for anybody who's paying attention. Uh, he never discussed his son's business dealings. It's bull totally bullshit. Now, yes. Totally false. Now, he was never involved in his son's business businesses. That is also demonstrably false. Was he aware or is there definitive evidence that he was aware of his son's um, uh, criminal, criminal violations? Se you know, the, the, the alleged sex trafficking, the unlawful the felony gun acquisition, the drug stuff. There's, not, there's evidence that he was aware of these alleged potential crimes? Totally. In their own text messages, which we released on our website. MarcoPoloUSA.org. They discussed in detail Hunter needed to get into a rehab. What are these payments going through? Hunter got 75 – after he blew a million dollars in 11 months, he blew through a million dollars on hookers and blow. At the end of 2018, he asked his dad for a $75,000 wire so he could check himself into rehab. The next day, he's wiring Russian pimps ten grand. So his dad saw those on the statements. In May of 2018, I'm going to another example just to give the audience hard evidence. May 24th, 2018, Hunter mistakenly paid a Russian pimp $25,000, and a former Secret Service agent named Rob Savage was getting calls from current Secret Service personnel about Hunter using his father's account for that payment. So Joe Biden's account was used to pay Russian pimps named Golnora $25,000.
can I have I sworn yet today? This is fucking outrageous. It's it outrageous. Is, you can say allegedly, but the only time I give the words allegedly are on the Ehor Kolomoisky bit because we have firsthand witnesses, but I don't have paper on it. What we do have paper for are those egregious payments to the hookers, to the prostitutes, to the pimps. And there's, guess but what? there's, there's some Russian pimp out there with dirt on the Biden. I know her name. And Secret Service knows about it. And Joe Biden knows about it. It's documented. And for the love of all things holy, the accusations that Eric Trump might have done coke at some point. It, it, it's, it's, <sighs> the, I find solace in two things politically. Number one, the American founders' writings. They knew that things would get this bad. And remember, in the French Revolution, you know, the priests were uh, banging the nuns. It's been this bad before. But what we haven't had is the citizenry getting access to the primary source material. When the French kings had their mistresses and were basically banging three to four concubines a night, we didn't know the whole the hoi polloi the average citizen you know i come from a very comfortable non-luxurious background right my family's been in the same county farming since 1852 we've never wanted for anything but we've also not had any luxuries this is the first time that people of my station have had primary source evidence of the degeneracy and corruption of their leaders the hoi polloi had no idea this was going on when the priests were banging the nuns and all of this other thing and all this other stuff. The primary source evidence, though, is still overwhelming. It is still over. And we've never had this level of evidence, David, while the guy was in office. So now, decades later, we know that JFK banged his interns on his wife's bed. It's been proven. It, it absolutely happened. But that took about 45 years after the guy died. What is extraordinary is that you and I are able to talk about this on August 4th. It's actually Natalie Biden's 19th birthday today. I want to bring up Natalie because you mentioned her indirectly. Natalie Biden is Hunter's niece. But we can talk about these things while the dude is in office. That has never happened before in American history. It's completely new. We're doing something that is completely unprecedented. unprecedented. I, I, I have to just say, like when you say like the, the – carnal knowledge that he's known for a decade and you talk about these kings like you know multiple people i've got to tell you it, carnal knowledge to one person or carnal pleasure to one person is a is the worst nightmare to another i have a, a one night stand with a hooker i'm spending a decade fearing disease <laughs> i mean i'm not sleeping for a decade um he actually can we keep on that oh yeah please Hunter please I mean, demanded make, 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 Hunter demanded that the president's daughter-in-law, Hallie Biden, get tested for STDs, uh, principally chlamydia and herpes, because his daughter-in-law, Hallie Biden, Bo Biden's widow, was also addicted to crack cocaine. And she would, according to Hunter and Joe, visit black – because they were apparently well-endowed – black male prostitutes in Philly. And before Hunter had sex with her again, he demanded that she get tested for HIV. Even Fox News has reported on this. And this is all in our dossier, that Hunter was terrified that he was going to get an STD from a black male uh, escort in Philadelphia. It's in their text messages. It is unreal. 
I the, the the media the way they reframe it and say give him his privacy he's a downtrodden addiction is something that a lot of people struggle with uh the, you know it's it's actually an insult say it again addicts don't act like that i had a buddy who went to the university of illinois who did cocaine sadly he didn't get butt naked and take pictures of himself this isn't normal addict behavior. This is behavior of somebody who was abused. And remember, his daughter, Joey's daughter, uh, said she took inappropriate showers with her own father. We do have the diary. We didn't receive the diary. We just found it online and transcribed it. We have a copy of the transcribed diary, completely confirmed, even in Ashley's own voice now. You can go to showerswithjoe.com showerswithjoe.com you can read her diary so this is a family that has suffered with sexual abuse hunter has all the hallmarks of somebody who was abused as a child somebody who gets naked like that all the time there is some sexual deviancy that took place in his youth um so this i'm just going off what you said the retort is this is how addicts act this is not how people addicted to coke act people who are addicted to coke do not film sex tapes do not have naked pictures of their brother's widow on their devices and other things. I don't know if it's your fiber optics that might have gone frozen again. Um, okay, you're, you're back. You're back. I can see you now. No, no. I say, I say it's, it's the, also the classic like exploitation of actual victims to say that he's a downtrodden addict and we have to be you know forgiving. First of all, that's insulting to actual addicts who struggle and struggle to stay clean and struggle to survive versus the level of narcissism. And it, I say entitlement, but this is like pathological entitlement to get away with it, to expect to get away with it. And then to ignore the fact that you have fine. If this is a family issue, then, you know, if that family is living a private life and it doesn't affect national security, uh, you know, the state of a nation, fine. It's not that. Um, okay. My goodness. There's, there's details that I, that I, uh, didn't even necessarily want to know in this great a detail. So you have the financial crimes, you have the sex crimes. What's the third chapter of uh, of the of the report? Drug related crimes. Okay. Yes, please please elaborate. The dossier in total details 459 violations of state and federal laws and regs. Right. So all the left wing press now is saying Trump was indicted on 37 counts in Florida. We have 459 on the Bidens, and unlike the Trump case, there's no primary source evidence for his, right? So we have primary source evidence. The drug-related crimes are in included because Joey was the lead architect in the Senate of mandatory minimums for crack cocaine. So the very narcotic that, he, that Joey instituted mandatory minimums for was the narcotic his son abused. So it'd be one thing as a white guy from Wilmington for Hunter to be into powder cocaine. But no, at the height of irony, Hunter did the very type of cocaine that Joey put blacks in prison for for a minimum of five years. We found in 2021, with the help of our friend Kenikoa, a wonderful uh, clip of Joey on the floor of the Senate holding up – this is a lapel pin – but Joey was holding up a quarter saying, if you have a piece of crack cocaine the size of a quarter, you go to jail for five years. I'm talking like he did. I'm emulating yeah. him. And he said, judge doesn't have a choice. Well, apparently the judge or the prosecutors did have a choice with Joey's son because we have 20 separate 
drug deals of crack cocaine with the U.S. president's son, and we put the name and number of the drug dealer. We put in certain cases, sometimes the drug dealer was prosecuted and Hunter wasn't. So there's a drug dealer Hunter had named Eladio Diaz. May, and, may I ask? Uh, I'm going to ask the question, not not for any racial reason, except to maybe you know internalize whether or not Joe is sending to jail minors while exonerating, uh, sending minorities to jail while letting his son get off scot-free. Were, were these drug dealers uh, ethnic minorities? Almost exclusively. We have – I'm going through my mind's eye. We have a couple yep. of white guys, but they're Russians. They're immigrant Russians to the New York City area. So mostly it's blacks, absolutely. This is the epitome of the equal, unequal application of the law. And one of these black guys was a registered sex offender. So one story that we broke didn't get national press because they really don't want to touch Marco Polo with a 10-foot pole. If they start talking about the dossier, they're going to invite scrutiny of it, and that's they don't want that. Huffington Compost, which is what I call them, put out a hit piece about me uh, saying I hate women, blacks, and Jews. It's all ridiculous. I brought to the writer people from my own life who are in those groups saying Garrett does not hate people. But the reason why they did that hit piece is in that 2,000-word hit piece, they didn't include the report because if they include a hyperlink to the dossier, it invites people to actually look at it and say, holy crap, that's a real text message. That URL actually existed. He actually did buy Amtrak tickets for his hookers and committed sex trafficking. At the same time, Hunter served as the vice chairman of Amtrak, appointed by George W. Bush. So the son of the president of the United States used the mode of communicate or the mode of transportation for sex trafficking that he was the vice chairman of. Garrett, I pulled it up while you were talking here. Hold on one second. It, it, this looks like a montage, but it'll give us the gist of what you were yeah. saying. You have. A this is what we created. This was our work. Crack. Oh, amazing. Oops. No bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. One quarter of one dollar. We passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself. And Big other. racist. Thurman. Says, Trump Thurman. You're caught with that. You go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get... Nothing other than five years in jail. Judge Aye, doesn't Jason. have a choice. Under our forfeiture this statute, job. you can, the government can, take everything you own. Everything from your car to your house, your bank account. Not merely what they confiscate in terms of the dollars from the transaction that you just got caught engaging in. Can you dig you take everything. I don't care why they become a sociopath. Okay. We have an obligation well, we, 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 to cordon them off let's go to the, the rest end. of society. They are in jail. in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken they off the street. be taken off the street. Hunter must be taken off the streets, apparently, according to his own death. Um, let me get that out of here. Hold on, i got to put on pause. Um, okay. Thank you for showing that. That's so that is red pilled so many people. 
we have the foot job, we have the crack, then Joey. So why do we include the drug related crimes? Because our group admittedly has different views on this problem, right? I am uh, I'm obsessed with the American founders, and I don't think the American founders would have agreed with the DEA. Okay, so I have my own problems with this current. Uh, enforcement apparatus in the United States. However, the reason we included the drug-related crimes, it wasn't just because we wanted to pad the number of crimes we found. It's because it is the height of hypocrisy. Joey was the leading charge in this, and Hunter has all this primary source evidence against him proving that he did the very laws that his dad enforced on other people, or at least enacted, which were then enforced. All right, now there's... I want to, if you don't mind, can we come over to the locals for a little exclusive, Q, maybe a Q&A, address some questions um, on in our locals community for another, do you have 20 more minutes? Of course, absolutely. If okay. they can tolerate the um, the folks across the street putting in the fiber, and I, sounds like Oh, don't worry. Forget, don't worry about that. It's still better than my internet connection nine, nine out of 10 times. Here's the link to locals, people. Before we go over there, uh, Garrett, I want to bring up two comments or two rumble rants Let's right over here. You can see my ugly face. Lady 50-ish says, how are they getting away with all of this? Will anyone go to prison? Surely Biden is guilty of treason. Treason has to occur during a time of war, whether or not that might not be the right criminal accusation. Uh, and then oh, Sophie 31 says, please do questions. Yeah, please go for it. Well, I was just going to say that the history of the world is one of rape, pillage, and uh, theft, right? So the world is – everybody has original sin. The Americans are just getting a taste of what the rest of the world has experienced for a very long time. So we are – you know, the first purpose of our government, the first preamble of the, – the first clause of the preamble of the Constitution is to establish justice. We are now getting a taste of the opposite of that. So is Biden going to get away with it? I can't answer to the father, to the son. Yes, Hunter will get away with it at the federal level, because even if they do away with the plea deal like we've asked the judge to, Joey will pardon him. The very last day he'll do it. But Joey may not get away with it, which is our big focus. Well, and um, Robert, unless I misunderstood, and I don't think I have, has hypothesized that even if the plea deal falls apart, the immunity from prosecution, there's an argument that it might still stand. But Either way, Good argument. Uh, we'll we'll see. Um, and let, let me bring up the second one, which was yes. here. Hold on, I can't read that small. Please do a legal reading of the U.S. Selective Service contract to prove males aged 18 to 25 do not have the right to vote or federal bennies. God bless and love the sun-bleached highlights. Uh, I'll look into that. I'll screen grab that. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. Uh, now, okay, but hold on, Garrett. If there's one last thing that uh, you want to mention to everyone before we go over to locals, has, is there anything that we missed? that you absolutely must say uh, to the 4,000 plus people who are watching right now on Rumble that I think I might've forgotten to ask. I would ask them to read the free e-reader online, take a month, do 10 pages, 15 pages a day, and read what we took 14 months to write. This is 179,000 words. That's all I did for the year of 2022. I'm not bragging. This is not an ad. This is a duty. American citizens have a duty to read our dossier because our dossier is not about me. That's why it's not called the Garrett Ziegler Research Group, right? Marco Polo is not my nom de plume, right? It's just the name of our nonprofit. It's not what I go by. It is a group of guys. The others are not being named because they don't want to be doxxed. 
I'm already out in the open. The other guys, Abby Lowell, Hunter's attorney, who's a satanic figure, he will write to the employer of all of my teammates and try to get them fired. He's that evil. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to give them the opportunity to do that. So I think it is a duty for everybody to look at our dossier, find mistakes, and hope that I get to be able to testify to the Congress. I have a couple of members in favor of it, but uh, it'll take them not caring about what Huffington Compost says to do it. Now I'm going to ask you the question here, and then we're going to engage in the answer in locals. Um, are you not afraid of reprisals in any shape that they may take? Now don't answer it yet, because what we're going to do, rumble, Come on over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com. There's a few questions there, and I'm, I've asked our community to get their questions in if we've missed them. Thank you all for watching. Come on over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com to watch the after party. We're going to deal with some more questions. I'm going to end this on Rumble right now. It changes nothing from our end, uh, Garrett. So vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Come over there now for more questions. Ending on Rumble in three, two, one.